Hello and welcome back to another episode of Everyday Diversions. It's me, Joey, and moving away from what I had started, which shouldn't be a big surprise to anybody who's listened to all of the episodes I have made, I will start doing one thing and then I will move on to something new. And you never really can tell how long I'm going to be sticking with one particular theme or topic. That's the kind of person I am. I like to go between different things very often. I guess you would say I have a short attention span or I just really crave variety. I don't know. But um, today I want to talk about college football because it is back. It's great that it's back. I'm a huge fan of college football. I've talked about college football some before on the show, but I didn't devote an entire episode to it. Now I am going to definitely do that because it's the beginning of the season. There's a lot that I kind of want to talk about. I'd like to make some predictions. I think it'd be neat to make some predictions at the beginning of the season and then see if I am right because I've never really considered myself to be much of a sports analyst or expert or prognosticator or whatever you want to call it. But over the years, I have I've gotten better, and that's just with age, I've gotten better at recognizing trends and and seeing where certain programs are headed and being able to get a better feel for the overall talent base of a a school and their team. So I just want to kind of test myself a little bit and see if that'll work out. But I want to talk about, I kind of want to talk about where the, the field is right now, each conference, each Power Five conference. Individually, I'm not going to talk about all the other uh, programs outside the college, uh, Power Five or whatever you want to call it. I want to specifically talk about Bama versus Miami yesterday because I'm a Bama fan and that was an awesome game if you're a Bama fan. And then I want to talk about just the general state of college football. Is the sport in a healthy place? Um, There's a lot of debate about that right now as well. So let's just dive right in. So the field right now is kind of interesting, um, to say the least, because there's really not a lot of contenders that are making themselves known early on in the season. Now, granted, week one isn't officially over yet at the time of recording. There is a game tonight. I believe it's Notre Dame and um, Florida State. Florida State hasn't been relevant in a long time. Notre Dame is ranked, I think, in the top 10. I think they might be number 9 opening week. And then tomorrow there's a game, but I don't recall who's playing in tomorrow's game, and I don't think it's a ranked matchup. So week one's pretty much over at the time of this recording. And so far, there's really only been a few schools, just like maybe maybe four, three for sure, but maybe four, that have come out the gate and looked like they were really good football teams. We've seen already, we've seen some notable upsets, and we've seen some programs that people expected to look a lot better than they are looking, look kind of pedestrian, maybe even a little bit bad. Um, So it's interesting that we're in this state week one, but it's week one. There's a whole lot more football left to be played. 
Um, plenty of stuff can happen throughout the course of a football season in a normal year, excluding all this COVID stuff, which is still affecting games. People are still uh, being prevented from playing when they test positive, being prevented from coaching when they test positive, having to sit out games. So when you figure that kind of stuff in, plus all the other things that can potentially happen, um, there's you know a lot of unpredictability is still at play here. But so far... In my opinion, only Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, and I guess you could say Oklahoma have come out and said really anything, but but saying, I don't mean they're actually talking, by the way that they played. Only those teams have really made any kind of a statement about who they are as a program as far as you buying into what they could do throughout the entire season. And, uh, I mean, that that leaves a lot to be desired in a lot of these conferences. So let's start with the ACC. So the ACC is really just a two-conference school when you look at it from a ranked perspective. The only two teams that people really expect anything out of in the ACC are Clemson and Miami. And both of those teams lost yesterday. Uh, Miami took a pretty sound beating from Alabama, and I'll talk about that more later on. But Clemson lost to Georgia in a very defensive matchup. That was a—I didn't watch that entire game. I watched about about three-fourths of that game, a little more than three-quarters. And I was surprised that that game was as— as old-school defense as it turned out to be. Georgia's defense looked really, really good pretty much the entire game. Their offense kind of struggled until the second half, but Clemson didn't really look good at all. Clemson looks like they are really, really hurting, having lost Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Those two guys were basically the pillar of Clemson's offense. This new quarterback, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Uga, whatever his name is, I don't know. He didn't look good at all. He pretty much came out there and did nothing for Clemson. Clemson's defense was pretty good um, at times, but they also had some boneheaded plays out there as well. I don't think Clemson is anywhere near the top five. They haven't shown us anything so far this year to... um, to let me believe that, I'm going to go ahead and say right now, as my first big, bold prediction, that Clemson will be out of the playoffs this year. I don't think Clemson's going to even make it. I, I don't think they're good enough. I, I, I haven't, yeah, it's just one week, but they don't look good enough. They just do not. They look like they are really, really missing out. And here's the deal. Like, I'm going to go ahead and say this. that This is why I think Clemson won't make the playoffs. Okay, if Clemson having already had a loss week one, and Miami having already had a loss week two, okay, those are still probably your best teams in the ACC as far as talent is concerned. Okay, fast forward to the end of the season. If both of those teams win out and they go to face each other in the ACC championship game, okay, the best that they can say is that they were able to beat whoever had, let me rephrase, the best they can say is that they'll be able to claim a win over each other. Well, that's not really saying much because both of these teams have already come out and kind of, kind of crapped out one on opening weekend. 
Clemson and Miami both do not have significantly difficult schedules. The ACC as a conference is a very weak conference outside the very, very, very top of the conference. And after what I saw from Miami yesterday, I wouldn't put Miami anywhere near an elite level program. I would just say that as far as the ACC goes, they're a pretty good football team. But when you look at them on the national scale, they have a lot of work left to be done. I would say that for sure if Clemson has another loss in the regular season, which could happen, then there's no way. But if they make it to the ACC championship game and they they don't look very good or they manage to lose, it's over for them. I, I just don't I don't think Clemson's got what it takes this year. And they're really the only team out of the ACC that has a realistic shot at doing anything on the national level. And they've been in contention these past several years, but that's largely been because of their talent at quarterback. And Dabo Swinney's a great coach, but I don't think that his coaching alone is going to be able to get them to where they need to be this year. Excuse me, based on what I saw yesterday. They can do a lot of things, I think, defensively to improve, but offensively, I think they're going to be struggling with this quarterback because I, I kind of have to rip off what Kirk Herbstreet was saying in the game yesterday. He looked indecisive a lot of times. He was taking way too much time to decide what he wanted to do with the football. You've got to be really, really fast in the pocket to make up your mind where you're going to throw. And there was a lot of times where he was holding that ball way too long. It's, it's going to take some serious work to get him up to the caliber of national championship QB. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's improbable. So the ACC, I don't think, is looking too great in this season. The Big Ten, so that's Ohio State's conference. That's Ohio State and Michigan and Wisconsin. The Big Ten is looking a little bit more competitive than the ACC. Ohio State didn't really play anybody um, to start out the season. They didn't have a, a marquee matchup like some schools do to open up. They don't necessarily have to. It's not a you know. It's not written anywhere that you have to play a, a big matchup on week one. But they didn't really have that. So jury's still kind of out a little bit on where Ohio State is going to be as we go along. But you can almost guarantee that Ohio State is going to remain in the conversation unless we see something really significant. If they take a big loss and end up getting upset or somebody gets injured or something like that. But we can look at some of the other schools that have already played, namely Wisconsin. Wisconsin lost to uh, Penn State, and that was a, a significant upset. I don't think anybody was looking at Wisconsin to play spoiler for uh, the national championship this year necessarily, but I think a lot of people might have been looking at Wisconsin as the number two team in the Big Ten. That is, if Michigan doesn't really have a good year and Michigan's been so unpredictable under Jim Harbaugh. We haven't really seen much consistency out of that program. And Michigan State is really nowhere to be found right now. Um, so Wisconsin's already had a tough loss to start the season. That's going to put them really behind the eight ball. They're pretty much going to have to play flawless ball for the rest of the season, which means they're going to have to beat Ohio State um, later on down. And that's a tall order. Um, so 
I would say that the Big Ten is probably going to end up looking like it does most seasons where Ohio State is the team, and you might have a Michigan if they get lit on fire with this QB, and uh, I forget his Cameron something or other is his name, Um, and if Jim Harbaugh can pull a miracle out of his butt or something like that at Michigan, or if Wisconsin manages to run the table from here on out and beat Ohio State, they probably have to do it twice once in the regular season and once in the Big Ten championship game, you might see something happen there. But again, it's kind of looking like Ohio State is the top team in that conference. So the Big Ten and the ACC are shaping up to be very similar to what we see most seasons. Big 12, of course, the news of the Big 12 is that Texas and Oklahoma want to leave the Big 12 and join the SEC. This is not going to happen for a few years Um, they're still under contract right now, but when that does happen, which I'm sure that it will happen, it's going to change the landscape of college football to be sure. But for now, those are still the two big programs in the big 12. Um, Oklahoma came out ranked number two. They played unranked Tulane yesterday and almost lost. Tulane was in a position where they could have won the football game. They uh, had a tremendous effort. I watched that game. They had a tremendous effort from their QB that was almost enough to get them a chance to score. And they didn't even need an extra point. They just needed to get the ball in the end zone. They needed six points, and they would have won the game. Oklahoma kind of scraped by on that one. Defensively, they don't look very good. Offensively, they've got some kinks to work out. This quarterback, this Rattler, People were talking about him as a potential Heisman favorite. I didn't really see Heisman when I looked at him. Um, But of course they're going to say that because he plays for Lincoln Riley. and People like Lincoln Riley because he's a younger coach and he's an offensive mind. And that's what people are really gravitating towards now in the SEC or SEC in college football. But um, I don't personally think that Rattler is a Heisman contender yet. He may really start to polish up his game and show me something later on. But from what I saw yesterday, I would say he's good, but not great. Oklahoma is probably still an a, a elite-level team that can potentially contend for the national championship. But I'm not really, I'm not really bought into them completely yet. Texas, on the other hand... Steve Sarkeesian, who was the offensive coordinator at Alabama, he is now the head coach at Texas. And it's going to be interesting to see where they go this season. I don't necessarily know that they have the pieces right now unless they get really, really lucky to uh, play spoiler. But it's it's in the cards because Sark is that good of an offensive mind and the game is very much centered around offense now. So... Texas is one to kind of put a pin on and and watch a little bit and see what happens. But um, Oklahoma Oklahoma struggled week one, and they're going to fall in the rankings, I'm sure. I don't think they'll go out of the top five, but they're not the number two team. Georgia will probably take their spot as the number two team with the win over Clemson, and Clemson should fall out of the top five without a doubt. Um, So Oklahoma looking like... Like they probably will end up being the best team in the Big 12, but it's still too early to tell with them because uh, Tulane. I mean, Tulane's unranked, and nobody really expected Tulane to put up much of a fight against Oklahoma, but we saw how that game go- went. 
And some people might theorize that based on the recent happenings in and around Tulane with the weather and the hurricanes and stuff, that everybody was emotionally charged and they were ready to play their best game. That could have had something to do with it. But um, basically, we're looking at a situation where Oklahoma came out and didn't really impress a whole lot of people, myself included. All right, Pac-12. Traditionally, the Pac-12 is not... And when I say traditionally, I'm mainly talking about the past five some odd years of football. Pac-12 hasn't really been that much of a dominant force. It's been, it's been about ten years, maybe even a little bit more than ten years, since the Pac-12 has consistently been competitive. Oregon was really good back then, and USC was better than it is now back then. Um, but basically, and Stanford, Stanford was good back then. Basically, you've got a few schools in the Pac-12 that are decent programs like Oregon and USC and uh, Stanford. And now uh, yesterday, UCLA knocked off LSU in an upset. So you've got a few programs over there that are kind of what I would consider to be bubble programs, like if this was a college basketball kind of situation. These are programs that are kind of They're in a spot where if something were to break for them, they could start to become a national contender. But I haven't seen anything out of the Pac-12 that looks like it can compete with the best of the SEC. That's that's the real real measuring stick. Because the Pac-12 is only good at the top. Like, if you're not talking about Oregon, USC, Stanford, I guess UCLA, now that they knocked off LSU, if you're not talking about those teams... You're not talking about good teams at all. And the same can kind of be said about the Big 12. I mean, the Big 12 are not notable at all, aside from Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma State is a non-issue. Texas Tech is a non-issue. TCU is a non-issue. And the Pac-12, you've got, you know, Arizona's a non-issue. Washington's a non-issue. Cal is a non-issue. So um, I don't see the Pac-12 making waves. They're, they're middle-of-the-pack teams for the most part. They've got some notable coaches over there in the Pac-12, but it takes more than that. It absolutely takes more than that to go out and play the best possible competition in college football. And that's in the SEC. And, and that's, not just, that's not just my bias coming out. That is legitimately the truth. The best... Football programs from top to bottom exist in the SEC. Obviously, the best one in the country is in the SEC. It's Alabama. It's undoubtedly Alabama's the best college football program out there. Nick Saban is the best coach in college football. He's the best coach currently coaching, and he's the best coach to have ever coached college football. He has eclipsed Bear Bryant in terms of success and legendary status. Um, there's no debating it. I mean, it's it's just, it is what it is. Alabama is that dominant of a program. But Alabama is not the only school in the SEC that is capable of contending at the national level. Georgia, of course, they're the heir apparent. Um, Kirby Smart, who coached under Nick Saban and ran the defense, he is probably the only coach I can think of who could go toe-to-toe with Nick Saban and come out ahead more often 
than other coaches. I'm not saying he would beat Saban more often than he would lose. I'm saying that compared to other coaches, I think Kirby Smart has what it takes to square off one-on-one in a coaching matchup with Nick Saban and do better than most other people. The only other coach I can think of that could potentially do that would be um, uh, Urban Meyer, but he doesn't coach in college anymore. He coaches pro now. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, you've got you got Georgia. They're basically the heir apparent. You've got LSU, who kind of teeters on sort of year after year. They're, they're sort of a here they're they're playing for a year and making waves for a year, and then they go away for a year. This year might be a year where US, uh, USC, LSU goes away because they've already lost a pretty tough loss to UCLA in the opening weekend. They don't have a crazy quarterback like Joe Burrow anymore. So uh, the likelihood that LSU is going to be on the national stage this year, I would say is fairly low. But then you've also got other teams that are sort of wild card teams that do end up in the conversation more often than not. That's Texas A&M and Auburn. Auburn has a new coach now, so I don't know about Auburn this year. But uh, Texas A&M, pretty solid program. Uh, definitely been getting better year after year. We will see. We will see what happens. Then, of course, there are some other schools in the SEC that don't really amount to much competition at all, like Vandy and Kentucky and Arkansas, as of late, has been a non-factor. But, um, you know, you you never really can tell. I I do say this, though. Even the the middle-of-the-road programs in the SEC, the ones that are not particularly strong national accredited, well, accredited, nationally acclaimed programs. I'm talking about your Mississippi States, Ole Miss, um, I guess even I guess even Tennessee, uh, even Tennessee might fit that category. Those programs are leaps and bounds ahead of the weaker programs in conferences like the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12. You match up just as an example, Mississippi State. You match up Mississippi State to basically any team in the ACC outside of Clemson or maybe Miami, maybe Miami, I'm going to favor Mississippi State. You match up Ole Miss with anybody in the Pac-12 outside of those couple of teams like Stanford and and uh, uh, Oregon and, and USC, I'm going to favor Ole Miss. It, it, it's just it, the culture is different. The programs are built around this pedigree of amazing football. You don't really see that in any other conference outside the SEC. There was a short time when I thought that the ACC was, um, not the ACC, I keep missing this up. There was a short time when I thought the SEC was in decline and that other conferences were starting to build up and sort of equal. I don't think that's the case anymore. The past couple of seasons have proven that to be false. Uh, the SEC is still the biggest conference in terms of competition. It's the biggest conference in terms of money that's made, and it's where the best team in college football resides. So let me pivot over now to talk about Bama a little bit. Let's talk about the Miami game, Bama versus Miami. So People were looking forward to this matchup because Alabama and Miami haven't played each other in a very long time, and there was a bit of history between the two teams. Miami, believe it or not, used to be a really good college football team. In the early 2000s and even before 
They were historically a competitive program, won some national championships, played some really good football, but that's been a long, long time ago. In recent years, Miami hasn't really amounted to much of anything, and Bama showed us yesterday that that's probably going to be true for this season as well. They got a quarterback that looks okay, but wasn't really able to do a whole lot. They have a defense that absolutely could not stop the run. Bama ran all up and down Miami, and their pass protection isn't that great either. They've got a lot of work to do if they want to contend with teams like Alabama and if they want to make their program relevant again. They're they're hurting. They're not a terrible program, not by a long shot. They If they were a terrible program, they wouldn't have been able to score against Alabama, and Alabama would have probably hung over 50 points on them. But um, they came close to doing that anyway. But they, they just got a lot of work to do if they want to be considered among the best that college football has to offer. Now, Bama, on the other hand, was looking great. Everybody's talking about the new QB, Bryce Young. People were wondering, you know, what's he going to be looking like? Is he going to be as good as Mac Jones? Is he going to be as good as Tua? Is he going to be as good as Jalen Hurts? And he set a new school record. Um, so he he came out and had a better opening performance, uh, first game performance, than any of those other QBs. Um, through over 300 yards, I believe it was, and no interceptions. Uh, looked phenomenal. Was able to move in the pocket very well, scramble, make throws on the run, had good decision-making with the football. He wasn't um, he wasn't making bad decisions to throw into traffic a whole lot. Had a couple of really nice TD throws. Uh, this Latu, this Cameron Latu, this uh, t- um, tight end that we have for us, looking pretty good. He caught a couple of TD passes. I think that uh, Bryce Young is going to be every bit as good as the QBs that we've had in recent years. I don't know if he's going to be better, but I think he's going to be every bit as good. He might be a tad undersized, but athleticism can make up for that if he's got a strong arm as well, and he definitely does. Defensively, Bama looks really, really good, especially compared to the last couple of seasons. Last couple of seasons, Bama's defense has not been that great. Let's just be honest. Um, any any Bama fan is going to be hesitant to talk about the Ole Miss game last year where we were absolutely embarrassed by Lane Kiffin and that offense, and they hung. I forget how many points it was on us, but defensively that's the worst performance that Bama's had in years, and the scoring defense for Bama has not performed near as well as what we've been used to seeing in the past. This year it looks like our defense is going to be much, much closer to that historic Bama type of defense that we all kind of, or that when I say we, people my age, kind of grew up on. You know, in the mid, early, like 2000, from about 2005 to about 2015 or so, um, that would be the era where it's just, man, Bama defense is locked down, smash mouth, they don't let you run, they don't allow touchdowns, they get turnovers, they get sacks, it's just physical, tough football, and a lot of other teams in the SEC had similar defenses, but the game has changed, Nick Saban had to modify his coaching strategy and kind of head more into that run-pass option kind of stuff that's really popular now, QB-centric, high-flying offenses. But Bama's defense, though, looks a lot better than it has. So 
if you're a Bama fan, oh, and, and the running game was also tremendous. They were able to run the ball at will. Um, I was really impressed with how the running game looked as well. And uh, the receiving core, receiving core still looks great. If you're a Bama fan, looking at the way the offense performed with Bryce Young and looking at how the defense looked against Miami, you're probably feeling pretty good right now. I would be. I mean, I am. It, it's 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 definitely inspiring a lot of confidence. I think a lot of people might have expected Bama to kind of come out to a slow start, stutter a little bit, having lost as much talent as they lost to the NFL draft. But many people have said it over and over. Bama does not regroup. They reload. They just bring new talent in every year, and it's like they never missed it. It's just incredible what they're able to do. And that is a testament to Nick Saban and the process more than anything else. But if you're looking at all that from Bama yesterday, you're feeling pretty darn good about your chances. you got to be. In the regular season, if you look at Bama's schedule, in the regular season there's really only a couple of games that you're going to mark off. One of them is in a couple of weeks against Florida. Um, that's that's a game you're going to want to watch because even though Florida has kind of been teetering these past couple years on being a good program or not being a good program, they're gonna they're gonna put up a good fight. Same thing can be said about Texas A&M, and same thing can be said about LSU. Even though LSU actually, in spite of the fact that LSU had that season um, opener loss, LSU is going to be gunning for Alabama even harder because they know that that win matters to them even more. So um, there's still a few games in the regular season that we're going to have to be watching out for as Bama fans, but for the most part, I would say that this performance should leave you feeling pretty confident in Bama's abilities to make it through the regular season and into the SEC championship game against what's most likely to be Georgia. And in that matchup, based on what I've seen so far, Alabama would have the offensive edge, no doubt. And the defensive edge might be a little bit in Georgia's favor, but um, I would think right now, based on what I've seen, I would think Bama would win that game uh, because Bama's offense was just looking way, way, way too good. Way too good. So this brings me to just the general status of college football right now, and that is, you know, year after year, season after season, it seems like we're seeing the same teams in contention nationally, even after they went away from the BCS and went to a playoff system. We're still seeing the same teams. We're still hearing about the same names. It's really a handful of schools are the ones that are being discussed. You have Bama and Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Maybe a um, maybe a Florida, maybe an LSU, maybe a Texas A&M, maybe a Wisconsin, maybe a Texas, maybe a Pac-12 team like an Oregon, and that's about it. You don't really hear about any other schools and programs. And a lot of people think that the state of the sport as a whole is not good because there's really no variety in competition. Well, now that they have allowed players to profit off of their name and likeness while they're in college, 
so that they can make money off of endorsement deals while still going to school. Now that that is a thing, it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. If you want talent to be more spread out across the entire field of college programs, then you don't want to empower players to make money off of their likeness because a player can make way more money off of that at a known football school like Alabama or like Ohio State or like Oklahoma than they can at a place like Nebraska or um, Penn State, which even Penn State has some notoriety, but you see what I'm saying, or at a Florida State or at Texas Tech. They just can't compete. They can't compete with the brand recognition. They can't compete with the established notoriety that these schools have. So now that that is a thing, why would any talented player, especially offensive player, why would any talented offensive player or QB want to go to a small program? Sure, they might be able to get more playing time, but they're not going to be able to make as much money unless they're at a big, big school that has a lot of TV recognition and TV time, gets a lot of talk on ESPN and Fox Sports. I mean, if I'm a if I'm a top prospect recruit, I'm a QB. Let's just say I'm a top QB recruit out of the state of, um, let's just say Texas, right in the middle of the country. Why would I want to go to Texas Tech or TCU or even Texas, when the opportunity to go to Oklahoma, Alabama, or Ohio State is on the table. In the past few seasons, those schools have been in contention and are ready to stay in contention. The other schools, are they? Are they really? Are they a season away? Are they two seasons away? Is the coaching situation there stable? Is the player situation there stable? Are people wanting to enter the transfer portal? What's going on? What what am I looking at? Now that that is a factor, it's not going to get any better. So your chances of having this, I guess, utopian dream scenario where every year different regions of the country are more competitive than they were the season before in college football, that's gone now. That's gone. Because people being able to profit from name and likeness is now a thing, so it's not going to happen anymore. These regions are going to be more and more hyper-polarized. These schools are going to be even more hyper-polarized, even more consistently competitive because of that extra layer of money being given to players. It's going to make all the difference in the world as far as keeping those schools on the lips of everybody talking about college football. Not to mention the fact that you've got a situation where Texas and Oklahoma want to leave their conference and go join the SEC, which from a geographical standpoint makes absolutely no sense. Same thing could be said about when Texas A&M and Missouri joined the SEC years ago. Even though that makes no sense at all, they want to go to where the money and recognition are. And the SEC is absolutely the conference where the most money and the most recognition are to be had. So it's going to absolutely leave a lot of regions, a lot of programs completely in the dust. 
such that they're going to be basically glorified high school programs. Like Alabama plays Mercer next weekend, um, cupcake team. We all know why schools like Alabama schedule cupcake teams. Some people don't like it. Some people do. I'm kind of indifferent. I understand it is what it is. But a lot of programs that aren't Mercer now, programs like Texas Tech, programs like Cal or uh, Maryland, I guess, those programs are going to become the Mercers, the Law Monroe's, the U Chattanoogas, they're going to become those programs because of the reasons I've just mentioned, because of things like Texas and Oklahoma wanting to go to the SEC and players being able to profit off of name and likeness. It's only going to make that issue more prominent. So if you're a college football fan and you live in, let's just say, for example, you live in Washington State and you're ready for Washington to make a comeback, I'm sorry, it's probably not going to be happening anytime soon. You might have a year where you have a winning season and you get to a nice bowl at the end of it. You could very well have that. But to get into the playoffs the way we have it now, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't, especially as long as Nick Saban is still out there coaching. And course he extended his contract at Alabama I believe for eight more seasons and at that point if he doesn't retire (laughs) I don't know I mean he's he's pretty much cemented the fact that he's going to retire at Alabama now he's he's all but said that so as long as he's still in the game coaching football and these changes have been made it's not going to make any difference it's going to be pretty much the same thing but here's the thing though this is the question you need to ask yourself If you're a fan of the sport, do you care more about seeing different regions or teams represented in competition, or do you care more about seeing the best players play? That's a question you need to ask yourself, and it's an argument that kind of goes alongside the political arguments about representation and and things like that, recognizing you know and rewarding skills and abilities versus just differences in in the way people look and things like that you know when it comes to when it comes to music you know I'm a huge music guy when I want to talk about and I want to listen to the best musicians I could give a crap about where they're from or what they look like I only care about how they play what they play how they you know their music the way it sounds that's what matters to me so if you're a college football fan and you like to see the best offenses, the best defenses, the best competition go at each other and you know come out on top, see who's the, the best team, then right now, the way our system is set up, that's going to be from Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, etc., etc. Those are the schools. Those are the schools. And, I mean, for the sake of variety, I guess it's, I mean, whatever. You know, you might want to see some different schools for the sake of variety. But, my goodness, that's where the best talent in the country is located right now. And, ultimately, if you love the game, if you enjoy watching the game, to see the ridiculous offensive plays, to see the ridiculous defensive plays, to see these Heisman hopefuls, that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. Okay. Um, so to wrap this up, let me make a couple of predictions, a couple of big predictions, and then hopefully I'll be able to check these at the later part of the season. I'm going to go ahead right now and I'm going to predict 
my four-team playoff right here. I'm not going to seed them. I'm just going to give you the four teams. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. No Clemson. I'm leaving Clemson out. So I'll say it again. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. I'm leaving Clemson out based on what they did yesterday. I'm including Georgia because I think Georgia's only loss is likely to come from Alabama in the SEC championship game. And if Georgia looks really, really good against who they play in the remaining uh, regular season, which they probably will, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to compare favorably. I don't really foresee Ohio State losing in the regular season unless it's in some kind of big spoiler against Wisconsin or Michigan. That could potentially happen, but I don't necessarily think it's likely. And then Oklahoma, even though they squeaked by against Tulane, I think they will improve as the season goes on. So that's my four-team playoff. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. We'll see. My next big prediction is for Heisman. I'm going to go out and say... I'm not well. I'm not going to go out and say who's going to win the Heisman because it's week one. That would be a huge crapshoot to say who's going to win. But I will go ahead and say who will for sure be a Heisman finalist. Bryce Young will for sure be a Heisman finalist. I'm almost positive that he'll be a Heisman finalist. I can't guarantee that he'll win it, but I'm pretty well convinced he'll be a finalist. That kid looks really, really, really good. Okay, that was my college football opening season interlude. I had to get that stuff out. I had to talk about that because um, it's awesome stuff, and I love it. All right, stick with the program for all kinds of more great stuff, music-related, and just basically whatever I feel like, honestly. That's kind of where I'm at right now. All right, y'all have a fantastic day.